Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a Smooth Soul Monday edition of Ball Don't Lie. And uh, the uh, man, Patrick, who is the idealionaire on the show, uh, came up with Smooth Soul Mondays intended to soothe the tortured soul of sports fans who may have had a tough weekend. That was certainly the 76ers over the weekend who lost Game 7, uh, got an Old Testament-style butt-whipping, and lost 112-88 to the Celtics, who are advancing to the Eastern Conference Finals. We talked about that. Matter of fact, we'll get back to some NBA uh, conversation here because Ja Morant uh, has been suspended again. So we'll talk about John Morant in suspension uh, pending an investigation about the latest Instagram live video that was released or leaked out that did show him uh, brandishing a firearm. I know it seems like Groundhog Day. Seems like that is a common theme with John Morant these days. So we'll get into that story and we'll also talk some Dallas Cowboys here. Dan Quinn clarified the comments of one Micah Parsons who right here in Austin at the collective uh, where he's training during the offseason he said that he was moving full time to defensive end and looks like Dan Quinn um, maybe um, wanted to clarify and may want to specify exactly what Micah Parsons meant by those comments so we'll talk about that and we'll also if we have time Get back to the ranking of the Cowboys and Texans undrafted free agents. And we got into that, too. And there's a running back on the trade market that the Cowboys should be pursuing. At least they should be interested in. Uh, You can hit us up on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. You also can hit us up via Twitter. My man Patrick at It's Patrick Davis in the Twitterverse. uh, And I'm at Rod Babers in the Twitterverse. My man Harge will be back Tomorrow, he's just taking a little personal day, but you can cyber-stalk him if you want to um, at Hardball Harge in the Twitterverse. Uh, Texter here says about our conversation <laughs> regarding candy cigarettes and uh, Big League Chew. And uh, Texter says, the grape flavor, Big League Chew was fire. It was. I actually remember the grape flavor. I do remember yep. this. Yeah. 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 The Great. taste stands yeah. out. No, that was the bad part when you had to go get some Big League Chew before a game, and then they didn't have your flavor. <laughs> You're like, all right. <laughs> I got to have it. I'm a big league chew addict. I have to have it. <laughs> oh, yeah. And remember, I uh, I called out my man KD because he texted us and told us that uh, the bubble tape was the snuff and big league chew was the chew. <laughs> um, and I said he probably had some big league chew probably last week. I was wrong. It wasn't last week. He did say about a month ago. Got some yeah. big league chew. I know KD very well. Yeah. <laughs> about a month ago. He said, and did point out that the, the candy uh, dip, like the actual fun dip in the fun dip candy, um, you know what? That also, if you're creative enough, that can be seen as something that could be uh, attempting for a uh, <clears throat> for a uh, duplicitous lifestyle as an adult, if you will. All right. So we're not going to get into that because I don't want to promote that type of candy because it's still out there for the kids. <laughs> candy cigarettes are off the market. We know that. Big League Chew still out there, though. So Big League Chew still out there. I don't know how Big League Chew avoided the political correctness era. I know why the candy cigarettes are gone, because that was a big campaign to remove candy cigarettes yeah. from the kind of public, like pop culture, like uh, just a realm period. Like you don't see commercials from cigarettes. You don't hear commercials because they removed that like literally legally. They can't I, do that. I would assume they kept it there because they were like they made a big push in MLB <laughs> to then make them have either uh, seeds or gum. So like they basically as a healthy alternative. Well, they they basically the were like, you have to stop doing this in the games. You can't have chew in the games anymore. And over a period of time, they just kept giving them seeds and gum. So they were like, well, now you can actually be like the big leaguers who are chewing, chewing gum. The gum. 
Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's big league chew is now actually big league chew. Yeah. For the big leaguers. Uh, yeah. No. It, it, it was able to kind of evolve with the times. Uh, candy cigarettes, thank God. They did not. All right. Let's get to some NBA action. Let's talk about uh, Ja Morant first because that's the big story. Ja Morant is uh, once again in hot water, and it looks like uh, this time the Memphis Grizzlies are the team deciding to take action. He appeared in a... An Instagram live video, seems to be a theme here, um, of a friend. And that friend is Devontae Peck. This name has come up a lot. He's actually one of the ones, uh, allegedly, that was involved in some of the prior incidents with uh, with uh, Ja Morant. They're calling him Ja Wick right now, too. So he's got a name. Uh, also, you know, you heard of NBA Young Boy? They're calling him NBA Dumb Boy, uh, Ja Morant. He's earning some very uh, disparaging nicknames. By the way, he appeared on an Instagram Live video where he flashed the gun. Uh, it was seen that he flashed a gun, and he has been suspended pending a league review as a result, and that was by the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, remember that Ja Morant famously um, has, unfortunately, um, gotten himself in trouble uh, as of late. He was suspended um, a couple of months ago for eight games because he was seen brandishing a gun uh, in a club. And as a result of that video, that was also, I believe, an Instagram live video. I don't know. Uh, as a result of that, him flashing a gun in the Denver area club after the incident, he spent time away from the team, was suspended eight games. And I think it was reported that he sought counseling of some sort as well during that time period. Um, but because of him being suspended those eight games, remember, he missed out on the All-NBA team. Um, and that cost him about $39 million as a result of not being eligible for the Supermax contract. So he did miss some straight cash, homie, as a result of that. But because a lot of people believe endorsement money may also be um, something that is Right. right now an issue for him because teams may not want to invest in Ja Morant if he doesn't have a cleaner image, if he does have a reputation for being a miscreant or uh, degenerate of some sort, whatever it may be, irresponsible behavior, um, they may decide to pull endorsement money from him. That has not been reported. That's just what the speculation may be. But he has been suspended as a result. And remember, um, prior to that incident, the Denver Area Club incident, he did have a lawsuit uh, against him. He countersued as well with a high school uh, prospect um, after a fight and during a pickup game. It's not clear. That was at as Memphis home. It's not clear how involved he was or if he was involved at all. Yeah, because that was just could have been just a misunderstanding. Um, his friend Pack Devonte Pack was allegedly involved in that incident, punching the high schooler. Um, Pack also has been thrown out and banned from Memphis FedEx Forum after he stepped on the court during a game to confront Pacers players. After that game, some of Morant's associates were involved in involved with members of the Pacers traveling party and security in a loading dock area arena and basically were pointing red lasers uh, at, out, uh, of, out of an SUV at the Pacers personnel. This is well documented, but... Just pointing out, there have been other incidents that this guy, Devontae Pack, is involved in. It was his Instagram Live video uh, that ended up showing Ja Morant holding another gun. So, there you go. Uh, a lot of people are making this political. It, it, they're coming at it from a Second Amendment perspective. That because of his Second Amendment rights, he should be able to show a gun wherever he wants to, whenever he wants to, as long as it's within the law, as long as uh, it is within the legal limits. And I'm not disputing that Second Amendment argument, uh, but I do think this is more about marketability for the NBA and they don't want 
issues of reckless behavior or at least the images of what may be perceived as irresponsible behavior to affect his marketability or their ability to monetize him. You want mom, we talked about moms, you want moms buying his shoes for their kids, his jerseys for their kids, and that means you need to be uh, PG-13 to a certain extent. Disney, think, think about Disney. We want you to be... Yeah. We want Disney to be able to market you, pretty much. And right now, with him brandishing guns, there's an appearance of irresponsibility, whether that's true or not. Yeah, and I mean, it, it goes into it of all the pieces together that you're trying that there's reports of threats and that nature. So then, when you have a gun, it goes well. Now, are you threatening people with that gun? Is that a gun for violence now, or is that a gun for protection, or is that a gun? For recreational use on a shooting range or hunting, like that's where I think the line comes in. If that if you didn't have the reports of him in a in a Fight brandishing it, yeah, a gun yeah. and whether that's true or not, allegedly brandishing a gun against someone that they got into a fight at a game or the the lights for the Indiana Pacers, the the yeah the red the the tracking lasers, yeah the laser red laser light, just yes, weird. So all weird those too. like if you don't have those reports. Then it's like, all right, this guy just seems like he's doing something dumb and he wants to be cool and doesn't realize that he's hitting this very niche market of people that he wants to hang out with. But that's not – you're going to lose a lot of money for something that when you're 30 you're going to go, wow, it cost myself millions of dollars for something that now I think is stupid. It is stupid. I mean, it, it's stupefying yeah. that, that it keeps happening. So there are two things to me. Number one, why can't we get him away from the social media – Instagram live cameras because both of these incidents have been Instagram live because videos. it's because it's all about being cool and you can't be cool if no one sees you being cool. <laughs> being cool in a vacuum doesn't do anything. That's why I'm not cool. No, I know that's <laughs> that's, that's why we don't. We, but we're old enough we don't care anymore. Yeah. But I get in his age, he's like, no, I want to be the coolest guy in the league and I want to be the coolest guy in my group. So I get why you can't do that in a bubble. Man, but yeah. at yeah. the same point. You have to go, hey, man, I get that. You can be cool as you want and broke. But you can be really, really rich and a little less cool. Just come on, man. Seriously. Just stop. I'm, just think for a minute. I, I'm with so I, I would If he doesn't, I'm sure he does have a publicist and a, he's got a team around him and everything. We got to get him away from even his friends. Devontae Pack, too. Guys, we got to get We need y'all's help to remove cameras from his, wherever yeah. he is, from his presence, whatever he's doing, even if it's something. Something that's not illegal, whatever. We don't need to have cameras documenting. Can but, we just stop but that? But you also remember this is, he has his has his dad in sunglasses in the front row of all these games. He didn't come from a family of guys who tell you to be respectful and humble and and don't don't make it about yourself. Because his dad's at the front row of every one of these games, trying to get in the face of people and fight with other players. Yes, yeah, was it was it Shannon Sharp or something they got into? Yeah, this? yeah. And I so you can't that. tell me that because that, that guy now is saying, oh, you know what? I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a star too. I want to be famous too. You can't have that. It's just yeah, but you can be famous. I think the N- the NBA's concern is because he's he's got reckless behavior. We all agree with that. But he he's haven't been operating outside of the law that often. Yeah. It's just a bad optics, terrible optics. Him being the appearance. No, and you're, of you're you're dancing on that line. Whereas, hey, so you're going from hey everything's legal to someone's dead. Okay, your life's over. Like you know what I mean, and it's it's that line where when you're playing with things that are that, oh yeah, that deadly, you can't just treat it as oh no, it's okay, he'll grow out of it because if he has an actual loaded gun on him at all times and he's flashing it at all times, 
that can lead to big things happening and bad things happening. Yeah, because the 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 perception is, and perception is reality, is that he's an irresponsible gun owner. Yeah. Now we don't. Like I said I don't know if he's a gun enthusiast or if he's just a gun owner. And there's a difference. I think gun enthusiasts, most of them that I know, they they really prioritize gun safety. It is. It is paramount. Every time they're out, they preach it. They emphasize it. Gun safety. You've been out with them. Patrick and I aren't gun enthusiasts, but you go out with them and teach you how to hold the gun, where to fire it, keep a safe distance, these these steps to make sure that we're as safe as possible, following all the protocols, checking the clips, all that kind of stuff. And I get it. Um, he needs to, at least perception-wise, put out there. I don't know how you do it. 60 Minutes interview, NBA uh, TV can do something, ESPN. What he is actually promoting gun safety get him out there on a gun rage with somebody from 60 minutes and have him actually showing people that he knows how to handle firearms responsibly because that's that's how you change the narrative because the narrative is right now is that dude this dude just show he just pulling out guns all the time loaded he has no idea how to handle them he has he's being irresponsible has he taken a gun safety course nobody knows i'm sure he probably has it's probably mandatory to get whatever the gun he got it from and yet people are like oh he didn't take a gun safety course he, he needs to take one, all right? And he needs to be able to show people the certification. Hey, gun safety course. Matter of fact, I take it every three months because I, like I like to brush up on my, my gun safety, whatever it may be. He need, they need to do that. The fact that they have not done that is crazy because as Americans right now, we put a lot of guns on social media, unfortunately. People shooting stuff and brandishing guns, stuff like that. And I know there are now laws and rules that are being uh, enacted by these corporations and by states that you cannot be posting guns on social media like that or shooting on social media like that stuff. I get it. Uh, but Americans, we love guns. Damn, we love our guns. And it's Texas, and we love our guns. Love the Second Amendment. Uh, but I do believe that John Morant's gun ownership is being is being question because people believe true or not that he's irresponsible gun owner because most people say responsible gun owners don't brandish and flash guns like that the way he is doing it yeah maybe they do i don't know i'm just saying the perception is he is irresponsible at handling firearms he needs to change that perception and if i was him go go hang out go nra do something like i mean you're a gun owner you can just be a gun owner well, but that's a th- and that's <laughs> part of it too though is is that's not what he's trying to I know. That's what I'm out there. And that's the yeah. thing is he's put and then he's flashing gun signs. We saw Keyshawn Johnson come out today yeah, and I say Keyshawn Johnson basically go, hey, there's people that want to kill him. Because they, they because he's flashing he's gun signs on the court. appropriate their culture. Yeah. And they go, man, you have braces in high school. You cannot be acting like you're us. That's crazy. You can't. You don't act like you're us. That's right. That's, that's a so, violation of the G code right there. And so that's stuff that you go, hey, hey man, I get it. I get what you want. to. I don't get it. No, I, I, I get, get I get, I get that. <laughs> I, I get, get that you're young and you want to be cool and you want to be, you want to have this image. But at somebody, he needs somebody around him to give him consequences for his actions and have real talks with him instead of he is a meal ticket for everyone around him. Then you would think they would value the meal ticket you more would think. and try to take care of him to make sure that you would think. he's making better decisions. You would think. <laughs> you would think. I just think about that story. You're talking about like the the hanger ons, right? The, uh, the the sycophants around them and the crew, and I keep thinking about the greatest crew member ever in an entourage, and it was an Allen Iverson's crew. Allen Iverson famously would have gone dead broke, but didn't. Went damn near dead broke. He had a member of his. Remember, Allen Iverson would go to every city and buy a new pair of clothes. Famously, 
Yeah. I'm not making it. He literally would leave. He'd go buy new clothes. Think about how many games you got. 80-some games, having those damn games, you're on the road or whatever. And he would go buy new clothes in every city. That is a ugh, gratuitous and extreme waste of money. He must have hated playing in San Antonio. <laughs> yeah, he probably bought some nice gear down there. But he had a friend who saw his spending habits, a good friend, a real friend, and said to himself, first of all, I can't talk to him because he's Allen Iverson and he's not going to listen to me. Yeah. I, we tried to tell him something like that. He's not going to listen to us. He's riding high right now, and you can't tell him that the money's going to drop because he's Allen Iverson right now. So he basically stole money from him and stashed it away. He stole money from him and stashed away, stashed away millions from AI. And when AI went broke, which he inevitably knew would happen, he knew it. He's like, this guy's going to go broke. Yeah. I, know. I mean, I'm just I'm watching it. He's going to go I'm broke. I'm seeing money coming in and money going out <laughs> it's not, at the same rate. Yeah. And the money's going to stop at some exactly, point. And then that money going out is going to be a real problem. Keep going. Exactly. And he just stole money from him. And then when AI went broke, which he knew was inevitable, he said, hey, man, just so you know, I hope you're not offended. I've been stashing some money for him. I got a few million of your money, yeah. ready to go for you as a little stash for you, a little, com- you know what I mean? A little, uh, little basic kind of contingency plan and a parachute, and it's exactly how it worked out for him. And and I forgot the number. I'll get the the, the number for you, the, how many millions he stashed for him. But AI, that's a friend. And I don't know if John Moran's got somebody around him like that. No, and again, you hope that his parents are behind the scenes portraying a different image than they're portraying in the in front of the cameras. You hope that they're trying to have the harder conversations with them and and telling them, hey, man, you've worked way too hard. You've overcome so many odds of people not believing in you to throw it away for nothing. nothing. For nothing. To look because cool? Because this, this makes you cool? $0. This doesn't give you any street cred. It doesn't give you anything. No, nobody cares. It Honestly, it's going to hurt you winning a championship because I bet you about 50% of the veterans in the league want nothing to do with you right now. Yeah. They don't want to be. They don't want to be a part of that culture in Memphis. They don't want to be a part of dealing with with you coming in the locker room acting like that. And the people that and that's that's sides of the people who came from that world and are trying to get away from it, yeah. and the people who did not come from that world and want no part of it. Yeah, you don't know no real gangsters because a real gangster will tell you, you don't want that life. Yeah, you don't want that life, man. No, <laughs> I mean, hey, hey, go ask. Let's go ask stuff about Vernon Maxwell back in the day. Ooh, and you're like, Mad Max? you're like, you're like, hey man, there Kevin, it's John Moran's got a gun. You're like, well, Vernon Maxwell has a bottle. <laughs> yeah. And I'm way more scared of Vernon Maxwell Dude, with a bottle. There are stories in H Town of Vernon Maxwell on the corner shooting dice in Fifth Ward and <laughs> with a gun on his hip, ready, like he's yeah. ready for something to go down. Like some go down, I'm ready. Like, you did not want to mix with Mad Maxwell. No, that's that, what I'm saying. Be, yeah, he was about that life. So that's what I'm saying. <laughs> There's those guys in the league still. And they don't want to go play with you when, because they're like, no, nah, man, I, I'll kill him. Yeah, yeah. Like, he does this to me in the locker room. Like, I, I know you, I will. I know, the, the flashing gang signs thing. It's like, dude, like, I don't, what? what? I, don't, I don't even understand. I, I really don't understand it. From somebody who's from the hood in H-Town, from that concrete jungle, I can't understand why you would ever want to flash a gang sign when you are not part of that gang. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's what I'm saying. It, yeah, you, that means you, I, I got it because when I was 16, I think I like in my head I was like, "Oh man, it'll be cool." And then I was like 20, and I was like, "Wow, I was really dumb when I was 16." John Moran is not 16. No, he's a what's the uh, the old? I don't quote scripture very often on the show, but I think for for John Moran it actually applies. Uh, what's the old scripture about? When I was a child, I did childish things, and now that I'm an adult, all right. I moved on from those childish things. Uh, he needs to move on from the childish things. He's 23 years old. I get it. He is very young. 
But that's what I'm saying is he has such a bright future ahead of him. He needs, I mean, and let's say on the court, he needs to learn to take a little bit less risks. <laughs> we'll yeah, say that as I, I well. Still, I believe that, yeah. Because he is taking a lot of risk. But you just need to take your entire life and have somebody have the talk with you. I don't know who it is. It does not appear to be his dad. I don't know who's close to him that can have that conversation. I don't know. And we, you even said in the video, you can see that his buddy pulls it away when he shows a gun. Devon, you can tell. He's like, ah. Oh. You can tell he made a mistake. He's like, but hey, man, all right, how about this? No more Instagram live. Let's do Instagram recorded. Exactly. And then, and then he pulls out a gun. He's like, hey, we're not posting it. And that's the thing. There are steps that can be taken. This is this is the most minor step I can give exactly. you right now. It, it, not, nope. No, we did a delay in the live. We have a delay here in the radio. No live rule. We, no Instagram live rule. There you go. No Instagram live rule. We, we, like you said, we'll, yeah. we'll record everything, and then we'll we'll send it to somebody to make sure that there's nothing inappropriate in the video, yeah. and then we'll put it out. Those people exist. They have jobs. Those are people. Yes. And publicists, they do, that's what they do for a living. And they would gladly do it for somebody worth your like o- overall valuation your and your valuation where you as can a go. player. Like I no. don't, I don't get it, man. I, I it is it is really one of the stupefying things right now happening in sports. Okay, so the person uh, who saved the money for AI apparently uh, they called the Reebok Fund. It has they had thirty two. So apparently a person with a firm grip on the situation informed this is from the story informed me Iverson has an account worth 32 million a principal he is prohibited from touching until he's 55 in the meantime it feeds him 1 million dollars annually at 45 Iverson is eligible to start drawing this is from years ago of course drawing on an NBA pension of course but it did say the 32 million is known as the Reebok fund among Iverson's friends because the money came from shoe deals they stashed away yeah, that's good friends, right? It's there. good friends, dude. They were like, "Man, we can't. I can't talk to him. Can you? No, let's just. Let's, everybody else is stealing from him. Let's steal from him and stash it away. Let's stash it away. He ain't, gonna, he ain't gonna notice it. No, and then, <laughs> and then at the end of the day, he'll be go. At the end of the day, he'll be like, "Can I get all that?" And you're like, "No, no." <laughs> That's what they did. They're like, no, you can't touch all of it until you're 55. We'll give you a million dollars annually. That should be more than enough for yeah. you to live on. All right, and I, it, it say I'm gonna save AI's life. Yeah, because AI would definitely be broke without any money at all if not for that. So, be doing celebrity boxing and stuff like that. Exactly. Trent. Surround yourself with the right people, man. Surround yourself since AI's parachute is thirty million. Yeah, I mean, just, you gotta have good friends around you though. And and Jod does not have good friends around him right now. They're not making no. good decisions in his best interest. So there you go, Ja Morant uh, once again suspended. Yes, I think it's such a good idea for him to show the world that he's a responsible gunner. Although they got to do that, whether it be interview, whether it be. Take out in the gun range, whatever. Start putting videos out you of on the gun range. Doing safe gun ownership stuff. That's a, Why can't we do that? Because he doesn't want to be that guy. Because he's be a safe gun, gun no, ownership guy. No. He wants to be gangster. Yes. Gangster Grizzly. He wants to be, he wants to be, <laughs> we ain't worried about the West. And then when they go, you ain't worried about the, you didn't make it out of the first round. You go, ah, oh, you know, I said what I said, but I'm good. You're like, you just say it. Just say it. I sucked. Man, I know because Tupac went through this. Tupac's my favorite all-time rapper, but Tupac never had any problem with authorities or cops until he started rapping. Yeah, like he actually manifested. He did kind of what John Moran doing now. I'm not making this up. It's very similar to what Pac went through. Pac was extremely talented, one of the best, greatest rappers on the planet, and had and went to theater school. Like he was, he was in, with Jada Pinkett in theater school. He was acting. He's doing Shakespeare. And became a rapper and then got immersed in character because he was a great actor. And got immersed in his character of being a gangster. Even though everybody who grew up in Pac told you he wasn't no gangster. 
Pac wasn't even close to a gangster. Pac was the one that was reading books and I had a book with him and was always quoting Shakespeare and philosophy. He was one of those guys. And he grew up around all that, but he, that wasn't really him. Now, that's the difference between him and Jai. Jai actually grew up in the suburbs, so Jai didn't even have that influence. But then when Pac started rapping and hanging around, a lot of the wrong people. All right? He got influenced, and he started believing his own hype. And it became a runaway train after that. And then Pac actually did have charges for shooting cops and doing all kind of crazy stuff. And he got shot, and he just he manifested it. And like I said, before he started rapping, never had any issues. That's Jai right now. And we all know, I love Pac. And some of y'all believe Pac's still alive, but we know how that story ended. And it went way too early. I'm not saying Jaws on that kind of track. That's gangster rap. This is the only thing other. But, man, you flashing gang signs on a, on a basketball court? What? <laughs> are you, I, I, what, what do you, you realize the uh, type of influence that you have? Yeah. And now you're flashing gang signs on a basketball court? Are you part of the gang? Then what's the point of flashing the gang? Because yeah, you may you may flash it to the wrong person. Well, you don't know that gang you're flashing that they have an opposition. Well, yeah. They, they, by they the have, way, by they the way, have, if you're rival. flashing it to the, if you're flashing to the gang, you're in trouble. And if you're flashing to the right gang's rival, you're in trouble. So you're in trouble either way because right the gang. You guys got to hope that no one's in the gang. <laughs> the gang you're flashing for, they don't want you flashing if you ain't actually paid your dues to get into the gang. Yeah. And then the opposing team was like, he flashing that son. We don't even like them dudes. Like, but you got a gun. They got guns, too. Everybody got guns. And you got friends that may not be shooting. You got friends that may be running. Uh, yeah. And they, de- don't. They, <laughs> they don't. They got friends on the inside in jail, in too. So when they go to jail, they don't care. Because they got friends. They got a gang in jail. You ain't got a gang in jail. You do it by yourself. And you got to, then you got to join a gang when you get in jail. Ironically, it comes full circle. You don't oh, want sir, that job. Don't have that job. Don't have that job. Come on, you're too good. Too good of a player, man. Fought Just too hard. Focus on the jump shot, baby. Focus on the jump shot. All right. Uh, we come back. Uh, we'll talk about Dan Quinn clarifying Michael Parsons' comments on the other side, and we'll talk a little Cowboys right here on Ball Don't Lie, wonderful night home. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Smooth Soul Monday edition of Ball Don't Lie. Uh, I want to get to some, some Cowboys uh, discussion while we have some time. We brought this story up early in the show, uh, but referencing uh, Michael Parsons' comments from a couple of weeks ago, he said uh, that he was basically moving full-time to defensive end. And at the time, I thought, man, it's strange that Michael Parsons would be so forthcoming and so upfront with a change that if they were going to make that change, why let your future opponents know what you're doing? Why not just, you know, gradually during the season have your opponents figure out that he's moved full-time defensive end? Well, Michael Parsons did announce that uh, via the media when he was working out in Austin at the Collective. Well, since Dan Quinn, defensive coordinator for the Cowboys, has clarified Michael Parsons' comments about him moving forward time to defensive end, saying, quote, yeah, 100% he is a pass-rushing linebacker, okay? So if you ever need position changes, come to me, not through any of the guys. I think what he was probably trying to say is, I'm really emphasizing some pass rush into my offseason. I'm glad that they clarified that, even at the time, when Michael Parsons made the announcement that he was switching full-time, I believe my exact comments were, why 
are they telling us? <laughs> why are they tell- Why not just do it? Why would you tell your opponents you're switching forward time to defensive end? And so now it makes sense that maybe that was a Micah thing and not a Cowboys thing. And the Cowboys are still going to have him predominantly play at the uh, all, I have the defensive end position or all outside linebacker position. Uh, last year, 195 off-ball linebacker snaps, 859 on the line or at defensive end. So he's the majority of his snaps have been predominantly at defensive end. But if Dan Quinn saying he's a pass rushing linebacker, that means Dan Quinn wants to still be able to utilize positionless, um, I positionless ideology or positionless philosophy with a guy like Michael Parsons. So I like I like that Dan Quinn clarified. I think it's good because otherwise, uh, the, the Cowboys are almost handicapping him because um, there are situationally. They're going to be matchup-based games where he may be better utilized or weaponized from the off-ball linebacker spot, or you know, moving him around the front. So I think this just just tracks with Dan Quinn's philosophy of positionless football. That's his baby. He is a pioneer in it right now, and I didn't think he was going to give that up with his, you know, his basically his queen, if you will, of the chess piece if I'm talking about, the queen on his chessboard, which is Micah Parsons, because there's nowhere he can't really move on the on the defensive front. So Yeah, it, it was good to see that he came out. It is funny, though, because when you see like the interaction like on the draft when he was Micah Parsons shows the text messages and he's like, I yes. love that de- defensive tackle. <laughs> and he's like, I'm about that life. <laughs> back from Dan yeah. It's funny that he has to then be like, hey, hey, Micah, yeah, tone it down, buddy. <laughs> well, you know what I think it was? Why does he like the Mozzie Smith pick is because Mozzie Smith keeps him clean. Yeah. At off-ball linebacker, right? Keeps the big offensive yeah. lineman from blocking me at the second level. So that's why he's like, hell yeah, I love Mozzie Smith. No, I can run. Yeah. I can actually operate freely. When I didn't have a great defensive tackle in front of me, those guys always got to the second level, made my life hell because I got to battle through an offensive lineman, then try to get to the ball yeah. carrier. Now I'm just running free. So I know why he likes Mozzie Smith, but – Here's another Dan Quinn quote, just really quickly. And this shows you what Dan Quinn's philosophy is all about. He said, quote, I really tried to spend as much as I could on that to make things for us where people could play dual roles. When we can get to that spot where you're interchangeable pieces, it seems more complex. But really, I would say the package can be easier. We're just featuring people in different spots. Meaning he wants players that can play multiple spots, versatility, hybridism, that's positionless football. And the Cowboys are the first team since the Steel Curtain in the early 70s to lead the team, lead the NFL, I should say, in takeaways in back-to-back years. And a big part of why they are able to do that is because the interception numbers are way up. And interception, a lot of those interception numbers are based on pre-snap shell disguise and confusing, discombobulating opposing quarterbacks with your pre-snap look and your their post-snap diagnosis, when, and, and they don't line up. The pre-snap, the pre-snap diagnosis and the post-snap read by the quarterback when it doesn't line up, you get confusion. That's when quarterbacks throw picks, and nobody in the NFL is better at creating that confusion and discombobulating opponents than Dan Quinn's defense. It's one of the best in the league at it. And a lot of that is because you can move those pieces around the chessboard. And like I said, the queen of all those interchangeable pieces is Michael Parsons. Why the hell would you, you know, you, why would you handicap him? You, you know, why would you, why would you ever say I'm just going to put him any one place and tell the opponents where that's going to be, making him therefore easier 
to game plan for. That just doesn't seem smart. So I'm glad that Dan Quinn is rectifying that, even though you'll still see him mostly at DN. But every now and then, they're going to be moving him around, and I think that's for the best. All right, we come back. We'll get ready to wrap it up and put it in the oven and let you know what's on tap right here on Ball Don't Lie, wonderful nine horn. Pop a top again. Do you mind if I have some of your tasty beverage to wash Oh, yeah. I've been known to drink a beer or two. I think a man working outdoors feels more like a man if you can have a bottle of suds. It's only my opinion, sir. I got beer. I got bottled breast milk. Eh, why don't we start with the beer? Okay. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Wait, it's already 5 o'clock here. It's time for What's on Tap. How about a nice cool drink? That's oh, really man, good. That's good. That's good. That is- All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie. Getting ready to wrap this thing up and put it in the oven. Before we do, we'll let you know what's on tap. If you have uh, missed any part of the show, please go to hornfm.com. You can catch up with them on the podcast page. It's just that simple. Tomorrow, Patrick and I will be really pumped up. We'll probably be excited. Um, We don't know which one of us is going to end up celebrating by the end of the show, but the NBA lottery tomorrow. NBA draft lottery tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it used to always be at like 6 15, 6 30. Oh, later now? Now they're doing it at 7. I think, oh. I think what happened is because this is such a big one. It's a win They nominated. said, you know what? Let's wait till prime time. Okay. That's good then. So we won't know by the end of the show. We'll know by Wednesday's show. But tomorrow yes. we'll be talking a ton about the NBA lottery, uh, the San Antonio Spurs, Houston Rockets, and the Detroit Pistons, all with the best lottery odds to get the number one overall pick. And everybody's just trying to get Win Binyama. That's it. He's supposed to be uh, the best overall prospect we've seen in the draft since since who? Giannis since I mean LeBron. LeBron because okay. Giannis was at number eighteen. Like Giannis wasn't the guy because he right. was too skinny when it happened. That's so LeBron true. probably of mm-hmm. a guy that people are thinking this guy has potential a to game, be a, like a franchise changing. Like they, you're you're going to be surprised if he's not an MVP. Maybe Zion. We go Zion and that didn't work out, but he was and massive he's, hype. He's more hype than Zion. Because it's international hype. It is international, international hype. And we have, we have not seen it. It's also going to depend who gets him to see the hype of the city can put on. Because once, once somebody gets that number one overall pick, then the hype train really starts before the draft. That's you, true. Well, I mean, no one wants to spin it too much right now because. He, um, I mean, he, if, listen, I'm going to say what's best for the NBA is he goes to Houston. I know you're going to, you're going to disagree with I, that. I'll tell you, if it's fixed, I know it's not Houston who's going to get it. If it's fixed. If it's fixed, well, I don't know if it's fixed. I'm just saying. I don't be- think it is fixed, by the way. I do not think it's fixed. But everybody keeps saying like Houston or Detroit or somebody will get him if it's uh, if it's if, fixed. If it's fixed, it's Charlotte. If it's fixed, because Michael Jordan said he might sell the team. You always get the number one pick. The team being sold because it makes the highest value, makes all the owners a bunch more money. That's just the oh. way th- that that business works. I, if it is, that. I don't think it's going to be fixed. Uh, also, Charlotte has the number four odds. So they're right behind the top three teams for the best pick. Yeah, that's a good point. But I don't <laughs> think it is fixed. Just saying, if if you want to go with your conspiracy theories, Charlotte's the right answer for the conspiracy I think theory. Houston will be best because I love San Antonio, but San Antonio is San Antonio oh, yeah, as no, opposed Houston's to one market. of the largest cities yeah. in the world. And Detroit, I've lived in Detroit. Trust me, Houston's a way better city and more marketable than Detroit. Anybody ever talk about Detroit music? Yes. Not anymore. Yeah. Not, not anymore. anymore. But for a while. No, yeah, back when they were back when it was the Motor City. Yeah. Now ain't Motor City. Nobody cares <laughs> about that music in Detroit anymore either. Eminem was the last one to come out. Other than that, I say H Town to spot. All right, we come back tomorrow, same time, same place. Remember the revolution will not be televised about it right here on Ball Don't Lie. We love you guys. We mean that. Take care of yourselves, but more importantly, take care of each other. Peace.